You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome in. I am down in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I am the big O Jerry Ostrowski. She is in Miami and she is Sarah Larson. Amazing. She's in Miami. She seems to be everywhere else other than Miami, mm. but you are listening to the lines again show right here on the Buffalo rumblings vidcast network. And, um, we are up as always Wednesday night, nine Eastern, eight central. And, um, you know, if you're watching on Facebook, if you're watching on your phone, Head on over to YouTube, pick it up. You can get in the comments like Richard has, be no doubt. Triggs is already in the house. Jump on in. You can interact with the show. Um, if it's good, we'll put your uh, we'll put your message up. Also, um, Super Chats get priority, as always, and hit that smash and like button. And um, we've got a little bit to talk about because uh, we went over to uh, old dreary London and we played old and dreary, Sarah. Yeah. Wasn't, wasn't a very good game. It wasn't. Um, you know, London wasn't old and dreary though. It was sunny and kind of hot. It was uh it was beautiful. Um, it was my first time over there and you know, got to take in some of the sights and uh tons of bills, parties. Um, there was three bars, so it makes it very difficult. Um, I didn't get over to one of the bars, but, um, I got to hang out with the, the UK bills backer, the, the organizer, um, right. they did a, like a bar hop, um, Saturday afternoon. So I did get to hang out with them, but I never made it over to, to the bar that they, um, that they are hosted out of. Um, but it was, you know, definitely a, a fun weekend. Um, you know, if, if nothing else, uh, I can say that at least I got a nice, vacation and experience out of it um but yeah i um had a you know had an amazing time got to see the stadium which uh for those of you that that don't know i'm sure most people do um the architecture company is the same company that is building right um or that designed the build stadium um so there's some similarities they say and uh you know i i have some some comments about the stadium uh we'll get into that a little bit but um you know, uh, I think I think people are going to be pretty darn excited about about the new stadium. Yeah, the stadium looked awesome. The field obviously was trash. Um, yeah, that's but you a, know that's trying to put turf on top of grass, on top of turf, on top of grass. And... So we got to see the process. So what they do is they they literally have like a platform with grass grown on the platform. Um, so everyone who you know talks about you can't have grass in every stadium. Right. It's bull. 
They literally have a platform with grass grown on it um, that that goes literally goes like away like they um, it opens up. And when it opens up, they have the concrete floor, which they then laid the the turf over the top of. Um, they come right. in with, you know, big, you know, uh, machines and, and laid the turf down. Um, I do not understand what the thought process was. Whether right. it's um, the stadium that was like you're not messing up our grass or or right. what? Why why go through that process of removing you know of pushing back the um, the platform that you know definitely has give and that has the natural grass and um, I don't understand that in, in favor of playing on the the turf other than you know the turf might look a little nicer or greener or whatever on, on television. I, I don't know what the, the thought process is behind well, the NFL. I think you have to look at this. First of all, the soccer people are so picky about their surface and they probably felt they did not want a football game played on their grass. Okay. Second of all is if you're going to have this game, you can't put minimal lines on it. You have to go ahead. You know, they had all the decoration. They had the bills, they had the Jaguars, all that stuff. So I'm sure it had to do with paint and all of those things as well, because there's just so much that goes into getting a field prep for an NFL right. game. That being said, the, the process that you told me about, which I did not know that was the process. Um, basically, it's like what we used to play on in Indianapolis. Any of the indoor domes back in the day before they had the big pods like Arizona that brings grass in and out. It was just they rolled a carpet over top of the concrete floor, and that's what you played on. That being said, I mean, we've seen a lot of injuries on grass, too. It's not like injuries don't happen on grass. Right. I, I truly believe that wear and tear happens on turf probably more than grass as far as, you know, arthritis and joints, soreness, those types of things, especially your older players. Um, I don't, I, I, I played on a lot of really bad grass fields that were, that were also um, fields that could get you injured on. So it's not like grass is the answer. Grass is the answer if it's done properly. Um, you know, I just think that right now with, with just coming out and say it has to be grass. Well, if it's done properly, they can do it. And, you know, Buffalo is going to be turf in their new stadium. There's a lot of people that say, oh, you can't have natural grass in Buffalo because of the snow. Green Bay has grass. Chicago has grass. Um, Kansas City does. Ways nowadays they put heating coils underneath the grass. They can trick the grass into growing. So there's a, the science – and um, agronomy, by the way, is the science of growing grass. That's the uh, all these golf courses who yeah. go to college to become a, to get agronomy degrees. But um, there's ways to do it. Again, it's the same thing I'm going to get into in a little bit when we talk about this whole debacle uh, of going over to London. It has to do with money. Uh, yeah. You're going to pay a lot of money to have a, a natural grass field. Well, and and. You know, I, I keep on going back and forth, but at the same time, when you have players, um, current players consistently saying that they feel a difference with their their footing, with the the grip, with you know, um how you know their their foot is landing and and, and not the natural slide. Um, 
has to do with the pellets. If, if the pellets aren't um, in, you know, that, that hold the turf down, if there is a natural imbalance of how many pellets are in a certain area. Mm, I, I don't know. I think some of that's true. I think the biggest, I'll be honest with you. If, if players are honest and usually the guys that are like, I watch new heights, the new heights podcast every week, the Kelsey brothers have been adding about, about it. Though. Yeah. They talk about it. Well, Jason's played for 72 years. So obviously he wants to play on grass. <laughs> Kelsey plays on grass all the time. So he's used to it. But if you secretly poll the players, you would be surprised how many of them enjoy playing on turf because of the speed. If the turf is proper turf, if it's done right, turf is a very, a very consistent surface that is fast. And, you know, I think that sometimes, yeah, it's easy to get on this grass train. And I, I agree. I mean, gr I natural like grass. The, I think it'd know. be an interesting thing for the, the NFLPA yeah. to do then is to, to do it. Oh, well, you're uh, you know, expecting them to do something on well, the up and up. And I'm just saying to do happen. a survey and, right. and let's survey all the players. I think that would be very interesting because let's, let's dead the conversation if right. um, if you have a majority who say they actually prefer, on you know, to, to play on turf. Right. Um, I think it would be interesting, but you know, the, the Kelsey brothers, they actually had it on their show. Um, they said it doesn't matter what kind of turf don't say it's one turf or the other. It's, it's all turfs. Don't right. do, don't do artificial <laughs> grass period. Um, you know, and then you had Taryn Johnson who, um, went down and he during, in our game, luckily he got back up and came back in the game. Um, but they had brought the card out and, um, at one point and, he had said that when he fell, it was that that feeling um, that nothing gave that, you know, that um, and, and that's the concern. Right. Is that when you're right. when nothing's giving your body is is contorting in a well, certain um, way that it's not, you know, used to. What I'll and, say uh, is, this, yeah, and what I'll say yeah. is this, Sarah, and I'm sorry to cut you off before we get into the Jags Bills game. And we want to break that down before we get to the Giants game and and move on. I think a, a, a big, and I'm not saying it's all injuries, but especially the foot injuries. I used to, I, I've, I've done a million things and I used to sell sporting goods equipment. And the, again, I go back to this. If you, if you look at players when they come out of the locker room, right? Little tiny shoulder pads, no thigh pads, minimal knee pads, no hip or tailbone pad. And they're wearing these little shoes that amount to basically slippers with cleats on the bottom of them. I think a lot of it is, is, is personal protection too. I'm not saying you got to put on all these bulky pads, but shoes nowadays, I believe cause a lot of injuries as well. Um, especially with a lot of these foot injuries, but you know, and, and I will say this job makes a, a really good point in job course of the Tulsa bills backers. Um, he says, why doesn't the man, the NFL just mandate a single type of playing surface? OK, if it if if off the bat, it can't be grass, then basically say if it's turf, it has to be this turf. Um, and it sh but it should right. be every stadium should have the same type of a field. And I agree with right. him. Um, right. It should be mandated that every every stadium has the same type of field because um, then, it you know, you get used to playing on that that type of field. Right. And no matter where you go, your your you know, your body is accustomed to it. Right. Um but John, you're going to have to get down to single-use stadiums and stuff, too, because some of these stadiums are multi-use. Yeah. 
you can't have, you know, you can't have a hundred thousand screaming Swifties out on your natural grass field, right? You've got to, you've got to go ahead and, and protect yourself. So there's a lot, it's a lot simpler. It's a lot more complex, excuse me, than just saying we should all have yeah, but then again, like we've seen, or if you know, and if you guys haven't seen um them do the the um the uh Tottenham Stadium, how they literally push back, um, it's like a retractable roof. Yeah, they have that in Arizona. Yeah, Arizona yeah. has it. So they retract yeah. the floor, and then it's the the concrete. So John just put, wasn't the problem they laid down turf on top of grass? No, they they literally removed the grass. They um, it was a t- retractable floor that they remove the grass and then um, underneath it is the concrete and they laid the turf on top of that. Well, now you're so, going to see in the world cup, Sarah, you're going to see in the world cup, they've developed a grass that actually grows up through turf. It's a, it's a blended surface. It has some artificial turf and it has, maybe that's, grass maybe that's the answer. It. Yeah. Maybe that is the answer. Maybe that's but, the answer. Um, a little bit. But obviously both. I'm glad to hear the Tottenham stadium was nice other than the field. Um, the only, the only complaint I will have be considering right. this is going to be, very closely um, constructed, you know, uh, for the Bills stadium is they had certain gates that like you had to go into your gate. So if you were in gate 15 slash 16, you had to go in that gate, which for people like me, that was that walked in over on gate, you know, one and the security people are like, Oh yeah, sure. You can walk in here and go and and walk around and and you're not going to have any problems. Um, I had to go through security three times because every section I had to walk down, go back up and through security and then come back down. So hopefully the bills don't do something stupid like that. And they figure that part out because <laughs> that was, no, I don't, I don't think, they w- I don't think they will. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with the hooligans has to do with soccer fans because there's so much craziness that goes on in those games. But if you've ever been to Jerry world in Dallas, it's, it's very sequestered yeah. like that. You know, if you're yeah. down in the bottom seats, you can only go down there and it's locked off. So, yeah. you know, there's but a lot they at of least going. knew the security at least knew. Right. No, you can't come into this gate. You have right. to go into your own gate. <laughs> right. All right. Let's get to the game. Um, All right. Not not a very good game. Um, the outcome obviously did not go our way. Uh, the injury situation on defense, especially um, you could use the word dire. Um you lose two of your best players, if not your best, arguably your best player on defense, Matt Milano. Um, I'll talk about that injury in a little bit. But um, offensively, Sarah, um, you know, Bills come out sluggish, um, yeah. and that's not a shock. Um, if anybody listened to Mike uh, Florio talk uh, about the the London experience and, and talked about uh, Travis Etienne and what he said about their game the first week to the second week, Obviously, going over there on a Friday night or Thursday night or whatever it was was a blunder. It was a huge blunder. But um, obviously, sluggish on offense, um, not much going on, and um, no running game whatsoever. So to that to that discussion first, let's let's discuss uh, the the time they chose to go over. So the argument is Jacksonville went over on on Thursday night the week before. Well, so did so did Atlanta. They both traveled on the same day, Thursday night, all got there on Friday. So they went into that game, both of them the same, yep. you know, hungover, same, you know, jet lag, same everything. Um, Travis Etienne said 
the difference between last weekend and this weekend is night and day. Right. They needed five days to pretty much snap out of it. Now, I will say I did the same thing. I, I went Wednesday night, so a day earlier. Thursday, I landed. I did everything in my power to try to stay awake. Everyone said, do not go to bed before 10 p.m. Do not go to bed before 10 p.m. 9.03-ish on Thursday night, I was out. 2 a.m. <laughs> in the morning, Friday morning, um, I am wide-eyed, can't sleep. I I just, I the day was happening for me at that point. Right. I was like, so I laid there and laid there and laid there until um about 6 30 7 o'clock the next morning and then i finally was like let me go get some starbucks <laughs> so then i got up and, and went and got some starbucks um and again told myself don't go to sleep don't go to sleep for the whole day and all day friday i dragged it was the like two days in a row just dragging 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 um i slept okay friday night um i think that it was because i was so tired it was easy for me. Um, but then again, on Saturday, still not 100%. Um, I went to bed at about 1 a.m. Saturday night. Uh, woke up Sunday and I'm like starting to feel a little bit better. So I can imagine that I was there a day earlier than they were. And I it took me to Sunday to feel a little bit better. I still didn't want to get out of bed Sunday morning. And I was like, I have to get to this game and I don't want to get out of bed. So right. I can imagine how they felt um, being there a whole, you know, still a day later and and trying to get all that, you know, accustomed and whatnot. Um, I do blame the NFL for allowing the Jags to stay there for the extra week. I don't think that in the end that that was fair um, at all. Uh, I know that, you know, some people are like, oh, well, they want to be home. They they want their own facilities. They want their own beds it still gave them an unfair advantage. Um, and I will live and die by that take now. Uh, I was kind of, you know, so after the game, when we were getting out of um, the van that took us back uh, to the hotel, Andre Reed saw my friend that had a, a Reed jersey on, pulled him over, started talking to him. Next thing you know, we're all up at the, the hotel bar um, on the rooftop and we're all hanging out. Him and his wife, Teresa, great people sat there, talked to them for probably two, three hours. We actually had the conversation of whether or not, you know, jet lag is a thing with these professional, with professional athletes. And he was like, well, you know, it, it's very mental. Um, most of these guys are in their twenties. Do they need five, six days to, to get over it? Um, it depends on their routine. Uh, you had one person said that they were bringing their um, hyperbonic chamber, whatever hyperbaric chamber over, um, on the plane, like it really just depends what, you know, what was uh, made available for you and what you decided to to do to maintain your your status quo. Uh, so I honestly think that, yes, for some of these people, it really was a, a hindrance for them. And I don't think the NFL should ever do back to back international games for the same team. It does create an unfair advantage. Um, you know, I made a comment on Twitter after a little bit of the game and basically it was about the NFL that puts out the perception that they care about player health um, and allowing a team to go over there, stay an extra week and play another team that just showed up on Friday. Um, 
it's totally contradictive to what you're preaching. Um, I thought it was careless by the NFL. I thought it was an unfair advantage given to the Jacksonville Jaguars, especially when their owner owns the stadium and the owner is a huge London person. So you know that team was taken care of to the nth degree. Um, it, it wasn't right. With that being said, I also put some blame on Terry Pagula and the Pagulas and the ownership of the Bills. Um, seeing that, knowing that, that football team should have gone over there. If they should have flown over, to me, honestly, it should have left Monday night. He and that's what Sunday. the Baltimore that's yeah. what the Baltimore Raven Ravens just yeah. decided to do. They're they left Monday right. night to get there There's, Tuesday morning. Right. And we'll see how that goes this weekend because um the Tennessee Titans are not going till Thursday, so they'll get there on Friday and we'll see the difference. Um, you know, it, we'll see if one team comes out there looking like they've been there all week and the other team looks like you know we did. So it'll okay. be interesting Triggs, to see. Triggs, Triggs says that the owner doesn't own the stadium. He owns uh, Fulham Stadium, not Tottenham Stadium. Okay. But we all know that he's come out and said a million times, you can move us to London, we'll be the London team. He He's hooked up in London. Okay. Say what you will. Right. Yeah. The, here's the deal that I, here's my problem with Better this. Better never because, happen. <laughs> right. And here's the problem that I have with this that moves back to my comment about the NFL and, and putting out the perception that they care about player health. Injuries happen because of mental fatigue and physical fatigue. That's why injuries happen. Yes, there is bad luck, but a lot of times mental fatigue and physical fatigue cause injury. And to me, it was pretty it was pretty evident right from the jump that that the Bills were sluggish, the Bills weren't in it, the Bills were physically uh, you know, not as fast, not as alert, not as whatever into the game as Jacksonville was who had been over there for a long time. Right. And I truly believe that not only, you know, we want to we want to con- and this is where I, earlier I think we have to watch how we say this. I agree about playing surfaces. Be nice to have grass in every stadium. Um, I think it's naive to think that that can happen because a lot of these stadiums aren't owned by teams. They're owned by cities. They're owned by municipalities. They're going to do what they want to do. They're going to save money. Right. So if you want to put grass in everything, then you're going to have to spend more money as an owner. And we all know that's not happening, okay? Point blank. They're not spending money on stuff they don't want to spend money on. Um, You know, so that's where my issue was. And, you know, the game ends up 25-20. And the crazy thing about it is, and I listened to Joe Miller. I saw a lot of Joe's comments on Twitter. He was getting drug a little bit because he put the blame on Josh Allen. A lot of this game reminded me of last year's Dolphins game down in Miami. I'm not going to lie. Um, when yeah. we had the issue with being on the sideline and it was too hot and we were laying all over the field with cramps and everything else. But in all actuality, if the Bills play better offensively, especially at the quarterback position, they win. It was 11-7 with eight they minutes win. left in the, the fourth quarter. The defense loses Daquan. They lose Milano. They have all these injuries. They still get five sacks for for minus yeah. thirty seven yards, well, right? And I wanted to I wanted to read the stats. So throughout the first four games, or if, uh, yeah, first four games, Allen saw blitzes on twenty one percent of his dropbacks. He was twenty four of twenty eight for two hundred and ninety seven yards with three touchdown passes, no interceptions, and a passer rating of one hundred and forty six point five versus the blitz. So you would think, you know, this is why people don't really blitz against us that much. Jacksonville sent 18 rushes of five or more people, um, uh, five or more players 
um, the most of any Bills opponent this season. He was 8 of 16 for only 62 yards versus a blitz on Sunday. Yep. So this kind of goes to show, and we'll talk about it in the next half of the segment, um, you know, this it, it kind of shows the playbook of what defenses might want to do going forward. Um, it's not just about blitzing. It's it's really, you know, it's sending everyone and and really getting Josh out of his his rhythm. Once he's out of his rhythm, he starts to struggle. And because, I'm glad they finally threw away the playbook, but it was too late. The, I mean, eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. They they finally just abandoned the run and let's and and let Josh air it out and and look what happened. We scored freaking three times. But what have we been doing over the last few games that has opened up the offense in the passing game? We've run the football, whether it be for three yards, whether it be for fifteen for fifteen yards. Okay, the team has to run the ball, and the most glaring comparative stat of the game was Jacksonville runs the ball forty times. For 196 for yards, 200 yards, and yeah. we run the ball 14 times for 29 yards, and and, and then you compare um, time of possession. Jacksonville has the ball for almost 40 minutes, and we got it for 21 minutes. Yeah. Um. Say what you will. Why you know? And that's that's my that's probably my one issue I have with Dorsey is that I do think that he when things are going a certain way and then all of a sudden he'll just have a game where it just, it goes the wayside. And to me, 11, seven is not the time to panic. Right. Even at 25, 20 at the final score. I mean, you've well, we got were to trying, we were trying to push, like we were, right. we were shoving the ball like down their throats when it comes to running. It was just the rush. The run game was just not there. But Trig so, said it here. We need well, to run why, the ball in the center. Why do we want to run the ball under center? Give me a reason why. Don't just tell me we need to run the ball under center. Give me a reason we why doing, we want to run the ball We were doing so many delayed handoffs from the freaking shotgun that it was it was so frustrating because it was six yards lost, you know, three yards lost. You know, like we weren't – we were losing yardage doing it that way. But why like, why? But why well, the is play. the offense better? I want to know why. I want to know why the, the play offense action. is better. Okay, the play action. So what do you have Josh to do? Josh is the best quarterback in the NFL, play action under no, center. No, he's not. The best play action quarterback got hurt week one after 17 seconds. I'm saying was, right now, statistically – Josh Yelling has been the best quarterback under center. I, for play I'm action. just, I just, no, I, I want to know. So you gave me an answer and you said play action. So I'll give you that. Okay? okay. I'll give you that, but you can run play action out of shotgun too. Okay. You don't have to run play action under center all the time, but I just want to know when somebody says it's better because with him under center, well, what's better about it? It was, we had no problem running the bottom shotgun the last three weeks. But we haven't. We it hasn't always been out of shotgun. We were right. under and center a lot the, more than than we were this week. I I guess the other part is I hate having to run six yards just to get back to the line of scrimmage. I, I don't. I don't. I don't. Again, that's that's throwing the baby out with the bathwater to me. I don't. I don't. You just want to argue with ball, me today, Jerry? No, I don't want to <laughs> argue with you. I'm just I'm just stating facts. I mean, if you want to run the ball better, then block better. Okay, I mean block better. And that Don't. was another thing. So we had no sacks and everyone was like, oh, we, you know, Josh was protected. Well, no, we also had, I think, four holding calls. So um, right. those should have been considered sacks, you know. So, um, you know, 
we've we've all been given you know Osiris Osiris his his flowers all season so far. He had two very big holes that um that were um drive you know stoppers. So um as much as we want to give them their flowers, they also have to take the you know the hits when when they um are due. And Dawkins also had a very hard time with the other Josh Allen. Um so, you know, it, it I mean, they were they were stacking the box a lot. Um, you know, they had uh sometimes eight guys like literally on the line of scrimmage. So, okay, it was going, definitely keep hard. Keep going with this. Keep going with this. That's okay, good. Okay, I mean, <laughs> keep going with this. You're getting to where I want to go. So, okay, keep going with this. Go ahead, Jerry, go ahead. No, 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 you keep going with this. You're doing good. You know, but good. I mean, eight guys it, in the box would tell you to do what? Well, in my opinion, it means that everybody's freaking single coverage downfield. So why aren't we throwing the ball? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. All right, Dorsey. And so what? So again, <laughs> and this is where I keep going. I, I I'm not I'm not putting the loss all on him. But again, I did not think that Josh Allen played particularly well. Oh, I don't either. Until until the end of the the fourth quarter. I mean, like literally the end of the fourth quarter, he had some beautiful throws and I actually tweeted out, man, this guy's incredible when he's on, um, right. but he wasn't on for three, three and a half quarters. Uh, it, it's just, right. it's as simple as that. Um, you know, that, that pass to digs um, from hit from our one yard line to the 45 of the opposite 45. If it was put where it's supposed to be put and Diggs doesn't have to stop to catch that that ball, that's a touchdown. Right. Um, that was a you know, and that that drive um would have been a very different drive if if that pass was was more on target. But a couple things, and and I just I don't know, I, I get hung up on tangents when people make broad claims and then don't give me a reason why. So I actually I agree with what you said earlier, which is yes, play action does seem to be more prevalent and easier to do when you are under center. That being said, you can also run play action from the shotgun. You can run a lot of RPOs. You can do all those different things. Um, I didn't think we blocked very well. I did not think we we played very well at quarterback. I don't think we played out very well offensively, period. But I think the biggest thing is, is that people think a 3-4 defense is, should be easier to run against, right? Because you got a head-up nose guard. You got two ends. Actually, if you look at history, the 3-4 defense is a run-stopping defense. It's a tough defense to play against. I thought Jacksonville had a very good game plan. I thought their defensive linemen being fresher because they had been over there gave our guys some fits up front with movement. And Who blew um, us out in preseason? You know, was it Pittsburgh? It was Pittsburgh, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. they also have a 3-4 defense, don't yep. they? Yep. Yes, they do. Yeah. Yes, they do. We seem to have a problem with that. Yep, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, so it's – there is the trouble of that. And, you know, some of it is you got, you know, I love Mitch Morse. He's a great player. Um, if you have a big physical nose guard, you're usually blocking that nose guard man to man all game. So it's tough to get some movement. Now, all of a sudden, you got Torrance has nobody over him. What is his number one strength? Power and all that. Having hands on a guy right away. Now, all of a sudden, he's in space, right? And he's got to play up on a linebacker. So things were different. Yeah. Um, do you want to go ahead and get to uh, – you want to go a little bit longer on this game or do you want to get to the Giants? No, we can we can move on, but let's uh, let's go ahead and, and get a word in from our sponsor first. Sounds good. Let's do it. Right. Picture this. 
crystal clear vision without the hassle of glasses or contacts. Imagine watching Josh Allen's game-changing touchdowns with absolute clarity. At Ficta Indolin Elmer Eye Care, we can make that a reality. Now, in a matter of seconds, with Zeiss Smile technology, you can see clearly and get back to doing the things you love as soon as the next day. Visit us online at Ficta.com and take our free self-test to see if you're eligible and schedule an evaluation. At Ficta Indolin Elmer Eye Care, we are focused on you. Go Bills. All right, so it's up to this week, and Sarah, you sent me something, or you said you, you sent me something earlier that I did not know. Um, I thought it was pretty interesting. And before we get into this game a little bit and um, talk about uh, Mr. Dable and um, his issues that they're having in in New York, give me your statistic that you you told me earlier about teams coming back from London and the uh, outcomes of the next week's game. Yeah, 11 out of 11 teams coming back recently from um from playing overseas from playing, you know, in London have been either tied or trailing heading into the fourth quarter of their next game that did not include a bye week. So uh yeah, it's a little concerning. Um you know, it doesn't matter who who you're taking on. Um so hopefully, uh, hopefully the Bills come back with a little bit of a, um, you know, grudge, a little bit of, you know, that, you know, that heaviness on their shoulders and they don't uh, continue this trend. So 11 out of 11 teams who did not have a bye week were either trailing or tied heading into the fourth quarter. Um, with that being said, it seems that the Bills have at least on this week of the schedule have drawn appropriately if you want to play a team uh after going to london and and dealing with everything over there it would be the giants with the way they've got things going on obviously the giants are struggling quite a bit um you know they, yeah, they right. offensively they're just absolutely horrific yeah and, um, and right now we don't know whether or not we're going to be taking on daniel jones or if we're going to be taking on tyrod taylor that bothers right. me actually a little bit. Um, it's, yeah, it's I, I don't really want to see Tyrod. <laughs> I don't want to see Tyrod. I'd rather see Daniel Jones. Um, and it's terrible to say, but that's true. Right. Um, but right. we also, we have, and everyone's like, well, Tyrod used to be, you know, play for the Bills. We have, you know, we have tape on him. No, we don't have tape on him in, in you know, this offense on these Giants. Um we don't know whether or not, you know, Waller's going to play. We don't know whether or not Saquon's going to play. There's a lot of unknowns, so it's hard to prepare, really. Um, so the the Giants we've seen over the last couple of weeks might not necessarily be the Giants we see Sunday night, um, which, you know, which leads to, you know, some um, really hard decisions to be made when it comes to preparing for them. When you look at the Giants offensively, they rank 31st in the league in, in total yards, 31st in the league in passing yards, 23rd in the league in rushing yards, 31st in the league in points scored, and they are 26th in the lead in, in, in third down percentage. Just, um, you know, not the numbers you'd expect to see out of a, out of a uh, Dable, uh, Dable offense. offense. Yep. Yeah, exactly. one of the one of the questionable things that they've done that they did what that you know I will question him uh for doing is is signing Daniel Jones to such a large contract in the offseason. Um 
he had a good he had a he had a decent season last year. Uh, did right. he have franchise quarterback season? I don't think so. So um, they were kind of playing their cards there, hoping that, you know, he would continue to progress and not regress. And uh, he's not only regressed, he's he's uh, completely shut down. Um, so I, I honestly they're saying that um, he's his intentions are to play. I think that Dayball would actually prefer he probably doesn't um, right. at this point. I think realistically they have a better chance of winning with Tyrod Taylor. I agree with Roy. Daniel Jones, Tyrod, it does not matter. The Bills should boat race the Giants. Uh, offensively, the Bills are top five in every category, but rushing yards, they are 16th in rushing yards after a 29-yard performance right. in London this past weekend. Looking at the defenses, um, again, the Giants are not much better on defense. They are 24th in total yards, giving up 383.8 yards a game. Passing yards are ranked 19th. Rushing yards allowed 30th. Um, they are 29th in points allowed and 24th defending third down. And, um, you know, it's um, again, on paper, this should be, this should be a matchup that honestly, you know, Bills are in a one-game losing streak. The Giants have lost the last three. Um, you know, they've won two. They've won uh, one game this season. Um, Buffalo should – they should. I agree. They should boat race them. They should. No, it just – it depends on what, what Giants end up seeing. So, if we end up getting Tyrod Taylor and, um, and Saquon and Waller all playing, which have not played the last few weeks um, – it's it'll be a very different looking Giants team. And now, with that being said, I still think that our offense versus their defense is is just not gonna like. There's there's no comparison there. What's weird? Josh yeah. can put up forty easy. What's weird to me? Forty easy. I think he can. I think if you look okay. at the Giants the way the Giants have been playing, I think you know we can definitely put that much offensively on them. I think yeah. the thing that 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 is weird to me anyway, is the fact that I'm not, I'm not really, yes, I would love Matt Milano to be back. I, I, we will, we will miss him. We will miss his leadership, but I'm not really freaked out defensively. Um, you know, Daquan was playing at a high level when he got hurt, but I do think we have enough guys up front to absorb yeah. that loss. I think that, um, I think he know, was, Vaughn... he was definitely playing at, you know, he, at all pro level. Um, I really do, but that's why we went out and got Puna Ford and we had, we kept five people at, at defensive tackle heading into the season. We really, I'm not saying we didn't lose a lot when we lost Daquan. Um, but the loss of Milano, I think is, is going to hurt us more. Well, I, I think that this is going to give, especially maybe with, and I guess, I don't know, maybe I'm being optimistic. And while he's he, we have nobody on the roster to to be Matt Milano, I do think it'll be good for, for Williams to get out there and get more reps. I do think it'll be good for the other guys to come in and get some reps. Um, I guess my biggest concern right now is, is Christian Bedford healthy enough to play this week because I think we've seen with Elam's performance last week and the signing of – Josh Norman at the age of 86 that um, <laughs> they're not, they're not very comfortable with what they got going I, on. In the you know, 
I just want to say the people who have a problem with us signing Josh Norman to the practice squad are the same people that were clamoring over the the, uh, the summer for us to sign Clayus Campbell and for us to sign um what's his freaking name over that's 41 over in uh, Seattle. It's crazy. Everyone wanted us to, you know, to sign all these people and they're disregarding their their age. We signed him to the practice squad. He's not going to play anytime soon. Um Benford was a participant today, so that's good. Um, the only person that did not play uh, participate was Dane Jackson. Um, my concern yeah. there is it looks like we're going to probably have to go out there with, with Benford and Elam um, as our starting corners this week. So Elam's going to continue to play. Um, he he needs to do he needs to do better. He needs to get better. Um, I think it's mental. I think at this point in time. Uh, him going out against uh, against the Giants should be the one the one game that's going to get his um his spirits up because he should go out there and have a very good game against those wide receivers, in my opinion. But I I think that this is one of those games where you can kind of you can kind of measure on just you know as we're racing to the end of the first quarter of the season, just how good is this football team? Um, good football teams have depth. Good football right. teams take care of business against inferior teams. Good football teams are able to come back from disappointments and perform well the next week. Right. And I think that's probably the biggest thing about this game against the Giants. Um, while we sit here and we talk about on paper, um, you know, this is a Bills team that does not have Daquan Jones, does not have Tredavious White, does not have Matt Milano. You talked about Dane Jackson not not playing, you know, Dawson Knox with his wrist is uh Rousseau going to be back this week, Kincaid you know, has, uh, concussion under- protocol. So there obviously is, there is concern, but you know, I think that I do think that the bills have better depth than people actually want to give course. them credit for. And I will, and I will say, so just for, for people who might've been under a rock today and don't know, uh, Matt Milano, Daquan Jones were now added to the um, IR list as well. Um, obviously, last week, uh, uh, Trey White was uh, also added added to the IR list. Um, Benford was a limited participant today. Um, Matt Milano, or excuse me, uh, Kingsley Jonathan was injured last, you know, during the game, but he came back in. He's um, fine. Now, Kincaid, though, um, concussion protocol, Knox, wrist, um, Dane Jackson did not participate in, in practice today. We signed AJ Klein to the 53-man roster, and Bale Inspector has been designated for a return, but he has not been returned to the 53-man roster. So it opened up the 21-day window. Um, and then we signed Andrew Brown to the, the practice squad. Um, so, you know, a lot of moving parts. I will say Dotson actually, um, you know, had a yeah. pretty decent game. So right. I, I kind of feel like we were we were complaining so much over him during you know during the summer and during um, preseason. Um, I feel like T Dot is one of those guys that maybe doesn't push himself the same way during you know during summer and during you know preseason um, because he was all over the field um, on on Sunday. So if he can continue doing that, he's going to be a very good depth piece for us. Um, Specter, it'll be interesting to see him come back uh, eventually and, and see how he can contribute. Um, 
But Dorian Williams, he he missed some tackles. We, I think we he overpursued quite a bit, um, and we noticed that. But he also had some very good plays. Um, so he's going to get thrown into the mix. And, you know, we usually like to take that first year off for a lot of our rookies. He's not going to get that. So he's we're going to see what we got sooner rather than later, um, which the is going to be a real, bad thing. Real quick on Milano, I know they haven't come out and said anything other than it's not a it's not an ACL injury. It sounds like he's got a if I'm guessing he's got a tibial plateau fracture. That's what they're um, talking. Yeah. The reason that that Dor- McDermott is optimistic anyway, that is actually something I got in a preseason game against the Eagles. Um, had a tibial plateau fracture and came back in ten weeks. Now, granted, I wasn't Matt Milano. Um, so I wasn't moving the way Matt Milano does. Also, Matt Milano's a lot smaller than I am and was a lot is a lot lighter. So, you know, I don't know, but it is doable. But yeah. it's it's so they did not call it season ending. Right. It's definitely a reach, but it's doable. So uh real quick, let's get a um let's get a prediction uh on the on this before we're up on against our two minute warning before we get to the fourth quarter and uh we talk about a little college football. But um, I'll go first on the prediction since you went. Right. I want to hear you. I, I can't pick after. I'm going to be overly optimistic. Yes, I so. know. You, you, yes. I. That's why I can't pick after you. Um, I say the Bills uh, are sluggish early. Um, they eventually take control and the Bills win 27-10 over the Giants. Oh, you're killing me. Yeah, no, I'm going to be, I'm going to be extremely over, uh, extremely optimistic. I think Josh Allen um, after a loss like that, he comes out with a little bit of a vengeance. Um, yeah, I, I have, you know, 41, 13, 41, 13. You heard it from Sarah. <laughs> he's Josh Allen that. himself is going to score 40 points on his own. No, he's going I to think... have 40. No, 41. <laughs> I, I, uh, I th- it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Um, I'm telling you, it's going to happen. I need, uh, I need Stefan Diggs to, to give me some, some fantasy <clears throat> points. So he's definitely going to have uh three touchdowns himself. So I'm starting to think that we don't, an hour is not enough time for us. Cause I feel like I, <laughs> we left a lot out there. I think but, I um, just went, I, I talked too much about, about, uh, London. So, well, but, the um, problem is after this game, we needed a two, we needed like a two part show. We needed like. We needed an hour for to rant and rave about rant and what rave, happened. and then yeah. an hour to actually talk about the games. But um, anyway, so uh, Bills Giants, it's uh, it is color rush time on Sunday Night Football, seventh seven thirty Eastern, or I guess it's seven uh, eight thirty Eastern, seven thirty seven thirty Central. So um, right now it's time for us to move on to a little bit of college football. We'll talk about our picks, talk about the big games of the week. It is the fourth quarter brought to you by, and by the way, Sarah Sarah got some, and I got some. I had that nice, hot, old-style small pepperoni that curls uh, up when you put it in the oven. Uh, Picasso's Pizza, uh, our fourth quarter segment sponsored by Picasso's Pizza, Buffalo's Pizza. Hey, football fans, the season is here. So you know that means family, football, and food. But for the NFL's best fan base, it can't be just any food. Bill's Mafia only eats the best during the season. And the best is Picasso's Pizza. With four great locations in Western New York, it's so easy to treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day. Picasso's, we are Buffalo Pizza, shipping local and nationwide. 
Order online at picassospizza.net. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. 